Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from Down Under. We're here after what can only be described as an explosive evening, the FA Cup quarterfinal against Man United. Fulham going down 3-1, but the result itself is probably not the talking point of the night. In fact, definitely not the talking point of the night. Uh, an all-time meltdown from Fulham, leading 1-0 and then uh, moments of madness. I think it all happened in about... 45 seconds, three red cards are going to define this fixture, unfortunately. Um, Sam is joining us tonight. How are we going, Sammy? Hi. Yeah, I'm here. Um, I have so many thoughts. So, I, I like, yeah. Say hi to yeah. Dad. There's a lot to discuss. Dad, how are we going? Yeah, um, I'm okay. Uh, Monday night's my yoga night, and I promise you, it didn't work. Yeah, well... Um, it's an interesting one, you know, we obviously based over here in Australia, game kicked off at 12.30am for us here in Perth, um, so the moments of madness were happening around 2am in the morning and I, I think I sat up until about 3.30 just sort of staring at the ceiling after the game, mm-hmm. I just needed to mm-hmm. decompress afterwards because I, it, it was kind of mind-blowing, I, I've never seen that from a Fulham team before we've we've obviously seen you know moments like this you see red cards happen through the years we saw the blow up with AK47 and Mitro arguing over a penalty a few years ago but Sammy this is just another level how did it feel sort of watching what what unfolded um gen- genuinely the i cuz i thought about this a lot today and i was like what's something that i can actually compare it to and the the main thing that came to my mind was the last season of game of thrones that's the that's the thing that's probably had a similar effect on me where i there was excitement there was hope and i wanted i like i wanted so much and there was promise and then it just all came apart and it was just it was just it, like you just you just left in a very kind of like emotional state and you kind of annoyed at yourself for being emotional and you, but at the same time you're overwhelmed and just confused and sad and you just think i wh- why how why was it this way and you kind of just blame yourself i guess <laughs> i don't know well i can tell you it's definitely not your fault um dad we were messaging fairly frequently through the game and when this all happened it kind of went quiet it was like it was like the western front world war ii when the bombs just stop all of a sudden and you're just like what what is going on well i think it's doubly weird when it's the middle of the night you know I, I, yeah i had a had a nap before woke up watched the game i'm sort of coming to it's great. It's very exciting. It's really good. And then it just got so strange on me. And um, I think it's very much a case of everyone uh, got caught up in the belief and the possibility of all of this. And we we haven't been playing well. And then we actually did what we hoped the team would have done. Mm. And we had a really cracking start to this game. And um, obviously got in front as well. And then you, you you really begin to believe in the whole thing, that it's actually going to happen. And I think that's what's so crushing, that it's all pulled away. It's just ripped away from you and you're just, it's bewildering. 
Well, that's a, a really good point. Sorry for the cough there. Um, that's a really good point you make about, um, you know, this this was our biggest game. It felt since, uh, you know, playoff finals maybe. But in terms of a cup competition, we haven't had this feeling since those European nights. But, you know, back 15 years ago it is almost. Um, this was one step away from Wembley where we, we win this game we've got a really solid chance of silverware. And, you know, before the game we saw the draw had been made and we knew we'd be playing Brighton if we won. Um, mm-hmm. And so at least we know we'd, we'd avoided Man City. And so it kind of gives you a, a, a much clearer pathway to the final. And, geez, we started really well. And, look, let's let's actually talk about the game for the first part of the podcast here because there is so much to talk about in that little flashpoint. But let's... Let's talk about Fulham's actual performance. Um, it was a, a couple of changes to the lineup that um, we sort of expected. Um, <clears throat> Deckard over Reed starting on the right, um, Solomon dropping down to the bench. I think we weren't really expecting that. I think we'd seen, um, we'd sort of expected that on the right wing, we'd see Willian and Deckard over Reed fight out for that position. Um, Sam, were you surprised to see Solomon dropped for this game, considering the form he's been in? Kind of, but I think actually Silver made a really intelligent call because William on the left, Bobby on the right, that's been our best starting lineup. And that's kind of our like most battle hardened. Um I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that like Solomon can't like put on a show, but like I think the combination of um William and Robinson it just adds that little bit more. I genuinely think last night we put out our very best side, and I think it really showed as well. I was, I was really proud of the guys. I was really proud of the guys for like the first seventy minutes. I thought that like I thought we played so well because like obviously I was saying this to Dad before. Like obviously every individual player, maybe bar Harry Maguire, Man United, has the edge on all of our guys. Now you can make an argument for a couple, but like. We just played so well as a team. And our defense, man, our defense was so it was so hot. It was so good. And like every like it was really clicking and it was really gelling. And to just see it all just uh Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's let's pass that moment. Um, Dad, uh, it was so good to see our main man come back, Polina. And um, you know, by the end of the match, he was actually awarded man of the match, which in a game you lose three one is is uh, sort of telling of his actual performance and um, didn't pick up a yellow card. Kind of surprising in a game like this. Um, but was how how good was it seeing Polina back in that starting lineup and just how much of a difference does he make? It it seems a lot clearer now, having spent a period of time without him and then seeing him come back against such quality opposition as well. Yeah, it's uh, if there was ever any doubt. I think he's put that to bed. He's exceptional. It's very it's I think it's difficult, particularly through a TV screen, sometimes to really fully understand all of what he does and the impact of everything that he does. Because you don't see a lot of the stuff off the ball, obviously. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um I, I also want to say that I think to Marco Silva and the whole the management and also the team, I think they did an exceptional job in turning around the 
sort of momentum, if you like. We, we've we've been really scratchy, can I say, a bit awful over the last few mm. weeks, absolutely out of sorts. And they really prepared well, and they they all got up for this. Possibly a little bit too much, we will come to. But, um, you know, I, to, to actually come out at Old Trafford with a massive crowd in of mainly Man United fans, not an easy place to go to, not an e easy place to compete in a big game like that, and particularly off the back of pretty average form. That's an exceptional turnaround. And I, I was like, as Sam said, I, I was incredibly proud of how we approached and executed that first, well, half and a bit. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say, and, you know, the pundits said it at half time. Silver said it post-match as well. Fulham were the better team um, for, you know, the majority of this game. We, we, we dominated. We held possession really well. When Man United came forward, yes, occasionally they looked dangerous and they created some chances, but more often than not, Reem and, um, and Diop dealt with it very well. Um, Tete had a really good game. I thought Robinson was fractionally shaky on the, on the left. Um, he got pulled out of position a few times, but going forward, he, he continued to be very good. Um, Sammy, I, I mean, let's talk about the goal itself. Um, how good to see Mitro back on the score sheet? Yeah, really good. And just really well worked. Like, just like I, 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 we were so intent on scoring last night, and we were doing so well at essentially just getting into getting into those spaces and Mitrovic was bullying and like he was really really like creating issues for like Martinez and Maguire and it, it was it was really like it was like championship um Mitra like he was he was really kind of like back to his old self because he's been yeah he's, he hasn't necessarily been on the ball in the last couple of like games but like I just uh it just felt so good for like such a long period. And even after, like, he scored as well, which was a really, really solid, like, Mitro goal where he just basically just shakes off Shaw. Um, and, yeah, even, like, following the goal, like, he was really he was really going for it. He was putting in some really good he headers and he was getting some really good service. And, uh, I mean, like, I, I was convinced that we were going to get a second. Like, it was very – it really felt like – and really looked like we were going to get a second. And we would have deserved it as well. Can I say, Jack, yeah, that um, it, it, it felt very much like when we've been playing the top four teams, that sense that they're going to score, they're going to score, they're going to score, relentless pressure, corners, corners, corners. And that was us last mm. night. Yeah. And you could just tell. You could tell it was coming. It was coming. It was coming. And it was relatively scrappy in the end, but it was just, uh, just they couldn't absorb any more pressure at that point when Mitre put that away. And it was totally deserved from incredible intensity and a huge desire, which has been missing. Well, it's it it's interesting, and I know it's it's a weird thing to say, but that was the Mitro of old that we saw, I, I felt. You know, we've seen him when he first came back into the side. He looked a bit like he was struggling, people still wondering if he maybe had an injury. Um I don't think he did. I thought he just wasn't fully up to match fitness and match sharpness yet. But last night we saw, you know, he was winning challenges, holding the ball up really well, passing it really well, making himself available, ball coming mm. into feet. 
Like it just looked like the Metro that we know and the Metro of old. And I guess that's kind of what made the whole meltdown even more um, disappointing, I guess, because we had played so well up until that point. Um, Let's sort of skip over that moment because we we will go into that in a fair bit of detail and, and, you know, talk about the goals for Man United. Obviously, Fernandez scores a well-taken penalty after the Willian handball on the line. Um, the the next goal, again, it's a bit shock and awe at that point. You've had um, two men sent off and your manager. You've gone from 1-0 up and basically cruising and controlling the game to 1-0 um, with nine men on the field. Um, a good pass in behind, a scrappy finish from, um, from Sabitza, but he does get enough on the ball to guide it past Leno. Not much you can do from a couple of yards out. It looked pretty close on the offside, but I think he he did pass it backwards. So um, it's pretty tight. And then obviously, final minute of the game, basically the final kick of the game, Bruno Fernandes making it 3-1. Just sort of expect that to happen when you've only got nine on the field. Um, Dad, in general, excluding the the meltdown, do you think it was... a, a a better performance or rather the best performance Fulham have put in for quite some time. I feel like this is such an awkward conversation. We're being so I controlled know. talking, talking about, you know, all the clinical elements of this game when there's a massive elephant in the room, we need to get to it. It's and like what talking did you ask HR when you've done something wrong? <laughs> yeah. T- tell me again. What was the question? I, I tuned out. Uh, the fact that I think this was our best performance since, oh. Oh. Like you know, totally. probably early, early to mid January. This was yeah. the best that Fulham yeah. have played, and the best we've looked in in a long time. If if we if we could play like this and sustain it, because we had some squad depth and we could actually keep this level of intensity up, um, you know, goodness me, I I I think we could be challenging for a top four position. And I don't think I'm dreaming. I think we're that good when we're playing like we did in that first half. That good. Um, but but it's it's impossible to keep it up, to keep up that level of momentum, to not suffer injuries, to not get fatigued, to not get mentally burnt out, to not have a whole bunch of things. It's it's just too long and torrid a season to keep that that kind of overachievement up for that length of time but Mm. look um yeah what was the question again yeah it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) yeah look i I think we're reaching the point now we've we've talked for 15 minutes about the positives of which there were were a few but look let's let's (laughs) let's sort of break into it and and break it down piece by piece um, you know, a good break from Man United. They did really well. Jaden Sancho does amazingly to round Leno. Um, and Willian attempting to get back on the line, uh, puts a block in. Uh, originally, he says it's his hands against his chest. Um, it gets looked at by VAR. Referee decides it's a red card. Um, before the referee had looked at the VAR screen, Marco Silva's come across and said something to him and then been immediately sent off. Um, Chris Kavanagh, the referee, looks at the screen, um, doesn't spend very long looking at it, 
um, starts to wander back on the field, um, does the old VAR square signal, um, signals that it's a penalty. He's basically just walked on the field and Willian is still standing in the box. Um, he brandishes a red card for Willian from about 40 yards away. Um, at that point, he's he's basically standing next to Mitro, who um, is having words with the referee. Referee turns back and says something to him and then walks off. Mitro pulls back on the referee's arm. Uh, a lot of people saying he's pushed the referee. I don't think it's a push. He pulls the referee's arm back to try and get his attention. Referee instantly brandishes a red card. After that, there's a bit of a melee of players surrounding Mitro to try and pull him away. I saw Tosin and Boamorte both on the field dragging Mitro off. Um, uh, it, it was quite hard to actually follow what was going on at the time. Um, the commentators me, at first, watched it 12 times. Well, no, the com- the com- <laughs> I'm talking live at the moment. The commentators at first yeah. thought the referee had walked over to the screen and instantly showed Willian a red card when, in fact, that was a red card for Silva. Then they didn't realise that um, Mitro had been sent off because he's standing next to Mitro when he shows Willian the red card and then gets it out of his pocket again almost instantly to give Mitro the red card. It, it was it was a melee. It was rash. It was all over the place. It was really, I think, poorly handled by the referee. Um, let's, let's go back to the start of this, though, and get everyone's opinions on, on this because I, I think... Um, you know, we, we sort of have to step it through to try and analyse it all. Um, Dad first, Willian, um, firstly, is it a handball? Secondly, what what should the punishment be? Well, I, I don't I don't make the rules and I'm not even I don't even get paid to interpret them. But the thing that I know, I know everyone is very quick to concede, oh, it's a handball, it's a straight handball, it's a red card, it's a penalty. Um, William makes no bones about the fact that it hit his hand and he's indicating that he, well, he, he, he motions to say that the ball hit him on the hand on his chest. Well, mm. the slow motion replay makes it very clear that that is not quite what happened. But, you know, he's not like he's standing there waiting for the shot to be taken. He's running. He's, he's actually trying to block um, the goal from being scored, obviously. That's completely fair. And I think he is deliberately trying to actually bring his hand into his body because his hand is, both his hands are out, like in a little sort of star jump position as he's in the air. And he's trying to yep. bring his hand in. Now... Um, and this is all, and, and it, it is, it, you know, if the referee obviously doesn't call it, it goes to VAR. If, like everyone on Twitter in the whole world is saying, oh, it's a definite penalty, it's a definite red card, you know, he's off, why doesn't VAR call it? Why does VAR go back to the referee? Why Why didn't VAR, with their ability to view all the angles, just call it and say, it's a penalty. Why did they actually ask the referee to decide? That That's not VAR's job. VAR only makes that call on offsides. Um, if it's something like that, they are, they say, we they look at it and they go, we think 
you might have made a mistake here. Um, we need you to go and look at the screen because we've identified a potential mistake. So on offsides, okay. they VAR is allowed to overrule and make make a call, but on things like handballs, penalties, they ask the referee to come and look at the screen. VAR is so, also in that instance though, if they didn't pick anything up, VAR could potentially say, "We think it was fine. You don't need to look at the screen. So play on." So. Um, are you telling me that intentionality does not come into handball at all? When it's a goal-scoring opportunity like that, if you use your hand, uh, at the end of the day, Willian has tried to block the ball with his body, so he's intentionally trying to get in the way of the ball. Sure. The ball has then hit his hand, yep. and so he's intentionally used his hand to block the ball. No, that that you can't connect those two. You you can connect those two. He he's yeah. he's tried to block the ball with his body. He can't get his body in the way, so he gets his hand in the way. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I don't think there's much of an argument for it. It hits his hand. There's no arguing that. Um, by the ball hitting his hand, it stops a certain goal. Um, and yeah. so the the rules are: if you stop a certain goal with your hand, it's a red card. It's not a Luis Suarez when he's playing for Uruguay against Ghana and literally, a, you know, a goalkeeper save like Suarez did where he's got his hands in front of his body and he's mm. batting the ball away. There's no doubt Willian is trying not to handball it, but he does handball it and that stops a goal. Yeah. It's and not so even... I d- yeah. Go on, Sammy. Uh, so, like, I'm not sure if you guys remember a couple of seasons ago when um, it was Mario Lamina, I'm pretty sure, who, like, who, like, took it like that, and then that was called a handball. Like, that was bollocks. And then they've kind of, like, since changed that rule. Williams was just, it's just, like, a little bit too far out. Like, and he's trying to pull in, but, like, it's not, it, do, it doesn't fully kind of work out for him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Look, think I, we're saying can, he's trying can... intentionally to cheat. Yeah. But, it, unfortunately... That's the rule. He he tried his best to block the ball with his body, and he couldn't get his body there in time, and it hits his hand. Um, yeah. it's in the really context hard of all of that. that. Mm. In, in the context of the whole night, I'm really not very upset about that. That's just very unlucky. Yeah. He's very unfortunate. Um, he was very graceful about it. He didn't, you know, he didn't remonstrate. He was he had a uh, sort of a rueful smile when he was shown the red card. But, you know, he, he, he knew what was coming. Mm. I think the, the problem here and how it links to the next two issues, we'll look at silver. Um, the, the problem here is that it just links back to um, some, some poor decision-making overall and poor game management. Um, we, we look at Chris Kavanagh as a referee, and I, I am wary, and a lot of conversations being had about the abuse that referees do get. And referees, especially at grassroots level, get major, major abuse from, um, from players, from supporters, from all over the place. And I'm not a fan of that at all, and I don't think that should be um, something that we accept. But uh, and I'll pull up on our live stream here a, a quote here from Steve Reynolds, who's following along from Spain. Um, the, ref, the ref has a case along with the FA to answer for. We had Chris Kavanagh for the West Ham game, also leads in the Cup. No VAR on two occasions for us. Same at West Ham um, with two handballs. And I don't know if you remember the penalty they won where 
the player just runs into basically clotheslines Pereira and the, mm. the ref is just ready to give a penalty instantly. Um, yeah. Why was a ref from Manchester, he's actually born in Old Trafford, uh, awarded the game in light of uh, his previous history, I guess, with Fulham, is, is what Steve's saying that. Um, it it that comes back cool. to the fact that, that the referee, th- this this is firstly, and Silver said it in his post-match conference as well, Fulham have issues with Chris Kavanagh. And I know that you can't just stop him from refereeing games with with Fulham in, but it feels like it needs to be addressed because every time Chris Kavanagh takes charge of a Fulham game, there are these flashpoints that don't happen throughout the rest of the season. Now, admittedly, mm. this Fulham side is a lot um, a lot more aggressive than previous sides we've seen. You know, we've got, I think, the worst discipline in the whole Premier League this season, which is something I don't think Fulham have ever had considering we've won fair play awards multiple times. Um, but Chris Kavanagh's brandishing red cards. He he missed very obvious handballs in the West Ham game where, you know, we had the one Antonio basically volleyball sets the ball out in front of his body. That seems to get be got away with Skamaka the ball, hits his hand on the way down, which is how he controls it, and then bounces up and hits him on the elbow, and he controls it again that way. And the referee lets that slide. And yet here, where... You could make an argument that Williams he could have given him the benefit of the doubt and said, yes, it's hit his hand, but his hand's close to his body um, and it's not in an unnatural position away from his body. And so you, you might be able to argue it, but you could tell that Kavanagh just didn't want Never anything happen. to do with it. And mm. and there's obviously some history there, and I think that's where the silver incident comes into it. We see on the replay, because we didn't see it in real, real time, but silver walks across from his technical area. He steps out of the technical area, which admittedly is not something you're allowed to do, but managers do that throughout every single game. That's that's seen constantly. We see managers walking onto the field as well and not even getting shown yellow cards. He walks over. He shouts something at the referee. I mean, they literally shout at the referee all game anyway. Um, Not 100% sure exactly what's said, but... Looking back on it and looking back on Silver's um, Silver's comments post-game as well, um, we saw early in the game, and, and we, we haven't talked about it, but second minute of the game, corner comes in from Fulham. Luke Shaw with both hands in the back of Mitro gives him a big push. Mitro goes mm. underneath the ball because of it. Doesn't get looked at by VR. Um, and looking back at the replay, Kavanagh is maybe 10 yards away and a perfect line of sight. You know, in, in the AFL, Australian Rules Football, which we, we follow here very closely, obviously, that is given a free kick every single day of the week. You can't put hands in someone's back and give them a shove because it's it's a foul. And mm. that that was the start of it. And we saw it throughout the game as well. He just didn't want to give Mitro anything. And he let quite a lot of things go. And it, it got pretty tasty a few times. We saw Anthony come off the bench not long before this whole incident happened. And there was a point that he kicked out at um, Robinson one time. Um, and and yeah, you, you know, Steve following along here as well saying, um, you know, Anthony kicks out at Robinson towards the end of that, um, that little period before this happens. And, and it just slides through. And you can understand Silver's frustration and you can understand Mitro's frustration. And I think that's where this whole blow up comes from. But, the referee has handled this really poorly for me. Um, Silver walks over to him, shouts something at him. 
And without even thinking, the referee pulls a red card out of his pocket. And the referee has two coloured cards in his pocket. He's allowed to give him a yellow card, and I think it probably would have been fair to give him a yellow card. Mm. But he's pulled a red card instantly, and that's going to incense, you know, the, the coaching staff, the players on the field who've seen their manager get sent off for doing pretty much nothing when Robinson got kicked five minutes beforehand and it got completely ignored and we had a fairly good penalty shout ignored. Mm. Um, can I, Jack, can I, can yeah, I just I'll, interject? I'll throw to you, Dan. You, yeah. you, you're doing really well here, but I actually, out of desperation, I went and watched a lot of this again and over and over and over and over again just to kind of get a picture of what the hell went on, what really went on, I, may, maybe to build a case for some defence of why this actually happened. And um, in, in the space of about 11 minutes, a, a remarkable number of things happened. And remembering that, that push, that Luke Shaw push on Metro was in the first couple of minutes of the game. Right? Two, second and, minute of the game. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And... No, look, Mitro's a big boy. I'm not scared for his welfare. And Mitro puts it about. So the, the fact that players are physical with him and Luke Shaw literally had his arms around Mitro at every set piece, right, mm. which uh, apparently is is what you're allowed to do. <laughs> Anywhere else on the pitch, you could never get away with that. But on a set mm. piece, apparently it's okay. Um, and, you know, Mitro, look, uh, he, he gives as good as he gets, but it was a little bit silly. And this, it, it just feels like this guy, and I'm talking about Kavanaugh here, comes out with a will to give Mitro nothing. Well, let, let's let's not skip forward until we're still oh, talking hold about on, silver hold on. here. So, okay, but I but actually, in building up to this whole incident, I watched um, between between the 55th and the 66th minute, 11 minutes. Amazing number of things happened, right? And you rem remember, you've touched on some of them. Martinez brings down Mitra on the on the halfway line. No yellow card. It obviously impedes him, right? Just ignores it. Free kick, no yellow card. Then Polini is brought down by Fernandez. The ref doesn't even give it. Only the when the linesman blows up, the ref actually gives it. Mm. Uh, one minute later, at 57, Anthony kicks Robinson. Blakefully spiteful. Uh, sorry. Spiteful, spiteful. Mm. Yep. Um, and then there's another poor challenge on Rob Robinson, and then Sancho drags Tete to the ground. Um, mm -hmm. And I know it's in a defensive position for us, and there was no counter attack or anything like that on. But it was that's actually deserving of a yellow card in my view, because it's it's just not in the spirit of the game. And then that first challenge. Then there's another challenge. Uh, for the, for, well, from Robinson on Anthony, and Robinson gets yellow go in the 66th yes. minute. And it's just getting to the point where I can see these players steam coming out of their ears because it looks so blatant. It just looks mm -hmm. so blatant. I have a point. I have a point as well. It's um, it's uh, it's it's tagging onto this. It's not necessarily in the same way, but I'm not sure if you guys have kind of like delved much into just kind of just the general media of like but i am just so frustrated and angry and just really just kind i just i'm really disgusted by like 
how people have been shading Silver in this regard. Like, yeah, he's the manager. I understand that, like, it's his um, obligation to be a good example and essentially be the kind of, like, voice of reason. But in this case, there is a lot of context going on here, and people have just been so quick to point the finger. Like, you've like, you got, like, pundits like Roy Keane just saying that, like, he's a disgrace, and it's bollocks, and I'm so angry about it. And, like, it, like... Like William is obviously the one who's probably the like I have I have no real issue with William. I have less of an like I I've got less of an issue with Silver than Mitrovic. But like just just the way in which people are speaking about Silver and how disgraceful he is, it, I'm I'm having absolutely none of it, and it's really annoying. It's really Agreed. frustrating, and like Agreed. it's it was disgu- I thought it was really disgusting how um sky was speaking to him like directly after the game credit to him for even actually doing an interview as well and they were just constantly trying to bait him to essentially kind of either say that he was sorry and he was just so frustrated with the entire incident and he was right because um he kept on saying look i want to talk about the whole game and you want to talk about 40 seconds like what what do you want from me well you're making it very hard for me to keep keep track track on all of you guys. Sorry, man. Um, Sorry, bro. <laughs> I, no, look, it's all worth talking about, and we'll get to all of it. But we, I'm just trying to keep a bit of structure to it because we can literally fly off in a hundred different directions here. Um, let's let's break it down and make it a lot more basic and keep it short. Answer here, Dad. Did Silver deserve a red card for what were his actions? I'm going to say no. Sammy? I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, but the the outcry about it I don't agree with in the slightest. Yeah, uh, and and we'll get to that as well when we look at some tweets a little bit later because um, it, it has this whole thing is admittedly it's divided the fan base a little bit, but at the same time I, I feel like in the immediate aftermath it's it's easy to get swept up in everything. And interesting, Steve is following along on the live stream. Uh, comments and almost the exact time saying the same thing. I think that after the game, emotions are high, sort of settled down a bit. Silver probably yellow, and I'd agree with that. Mm. I think it was yep. it was yep. probably worth 100%. a yellow. Um, and and I, I think the fan base in general have been riled up by what happened because you know uh, in the seventy seventieth minute of that game, we're on our way to Wembley and looking at potentially getting some uh, winning an FA Cup for the first time in our club's mm. history. Literally ninety seconds later, we're down. It's one all, and we're down to nine men, and the game's basically gone. Um, it, it's you know, it, it was like I said, it's an all-time meltdown. I've never ever seen something like that happen. That's the kind of thing that you see on Soccer AM coming out of the Thai third division, where you've got players running around the pitch chasing each other, trying to kick each other. Like this isn't something you see at the top of. A professional sport meltdowns like this it, it shouldn't happen um uh, but I, well, i'm saying well, you know to from... your point to your point it's you're right it shouldn't happen and it's got a chance of not happening if the game is controlled because That's you what can't I was actually trying to just pressure. say then um i i think fulham <laughs> fulham players um ha- have to take some of the blame but i don't think it's entirely the fulham players fault here i think the referee has handled this atrociously um, now let's focus on the Metro sending off because I think this one is is fairly clear cut. But let's just go for a quick, quick 
check for all of you, Sammy, should Mitro be sent off? Oh, you might want to go to dad first because like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go on this for a while. So maybe just do dad first and just come back to me, please. Well, uh, I mean it's it's simple. You is it yes or no? Should Mitra be sent off? Absolutely. I am I am so I'm genuinely ashamed. Like uh it's I'm 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 really sick of um Mitro Mitro's emotional outburst. Cause in hindsight, I don't know why he is like I know why he's doing it, but it's like why are you putting this upon yourself to be angry at this situation? You're nowhere around here. You you have you like you're close to the ref. Why did you grab the ref? Why like what like he just doesn't think. He doesn't think at all. I'm so angry with him because like like it's so it's so you don't touch the referee. You don't touch referee in any way. It's an instant red. What are you thinking? Like you oh I'm just I'm so frustrated that a, because that was a long yes. Yeah, yeah, well, and no, no, fair, fair though. But an interesting point, and it's something that's been raised a lot on Twitter as well. Is uh, you know, a week ago, maybe it's two weeks ago, when Man United played Liverpool, um, Bruno Fernandez shoves the linesman for giving care. a decision against him and doesn't even get a yellow card for it. And so there's that's where consistency again comes into it. Admit what Mitro has done. I agree, is completely wrong. But, but just be the better person. It's like, it, no, but like honestly, it's not even about that for me. It's literally just about. I don't care what other people do. I care what you do. You're our main guy. You know how important you are. You shouldn't be losing your call. Cool. I know. I, know I don't that think it's that, that simple. I I I oh, agree with you. In for me, it is like I'm. I agree with you in it. a sense, but I don't think it's that simple. Dad, uh, on to you. Is, is it a red? How much time have I got? Yes or no? Well, I had a bit. So you yes, yes, like yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's a red without question. Yeah, and, and look, I I agree. It's it is a red. Um, I think again, there's a lot more context to what happened than, um, uh, you know, unfortunately with with social media and with Twitter, all people will see is a little snippet of. Mitro pulling back on the referee's arm and then getting up in his face afterwards as well after he showed him the red card. Um, there's a lot more to this. And I think this stems back to the West Ham game. And, mm. you know, Chris Kavanagh was the referee in a game, I think it was against Preston when we were in the championship where they scored a winning goal through a handball, a double handball on the line from a corner, handballing the ball into the back of the net and Kavanagh again just let it go. Um, it, it's it feels like this is a build-up of emotion, and we know Mitro's an emotional person. The other thing to remember here, this is Mitro's first ever red card for Fulham. He's really? been a Fulham player since 2017, and he, or maybe 2018, and he's never got a red card for Fulham before. This is the first time. We know he's an emotional guy. We know he gets angry, but this is the first time he's been sent off for Fulham and I think us saying we're disappointed in him and saying you know I can't believe he's done this he needs to be better than that it's it's a mistake he's made a really bad mistake by doing that but you know Cristiano Ronaldo has been banned for pushing a referee before Paolo Di Canio literally shoved a referee to the floor years ago um it doesn't make them bad guys or bad players or or you know bad people He's made a mistake here in the heat of the moment, and there's a lot of heat in this moment where we're one step away from Wembley 
and the referee, it feels like, is taking that away from us. Go on, Sammy. The problem is, though, like he's not a Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not like a Messi, and he knows his position. So he is way more likely to be made an example of, and I refuse to believe that he is not stu- like stupid. I, I refuse to believe that he is stupid enough to not think about that. Like they make examples of like people like Mitrovic and teams like ours because they're not going to do it to Man United's or like a Man City's, but they are going to do it to us, which makes it all the more stupid why he did it. And I'm so annoyed. You guys can keep talking. I'm, I'm going to pull. I'm going to pull you both up here. How dare you confine me to a one word answer and then <laughs> yeah. both spend four minutes talking about it? I said uh, you no, can no, go. No. I said you can. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, yeah. You, go, you can go. go you can go for gold now. Now's your moment. Oh, oh, great! Thank you. Um, look, Mitrovic. He's look. Performance review. You're not going to tell Mitrovic to be less aggressive and less passionate about his football. But honestly, honestly, Alexander, you know, you've. You, it's just not very smart. It's just not smart because you have to find other ways to vent your anger and vent your frustration. Unfortunately, in football, and to me, th- th- this is like, to me, th- this is the apex of how rotten this game is. I love football, but it's absolutely rotten to the core, In not, not in terms of cheating refs or anything like that, but, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting uh, Chris Kavanaugh is a Man United fan. He's cheating. I just think he's he's just not balanced in the way he manages a game, and there's plenty like him. You know, I saw Maguire in an incident with down in, in the in the corner. Maguire is being, or oh, he's manhandled Bobby Decadover Reed, and the linesman gives a free kick, and the filth coming out of Maguire's mouth, absolutely abusing him. Well, verbal or pushing, I don't really care. It's completely ridiculous and it should never be allowed in the game. And football, take a hard look at yourself. It's just trash. And, you know, we, but this is a, this is a game that still loves the big clubs and effectively lets them do anything and then tries to manage the smaller clubs with a very, very big stick. And it's Before terrible. you... Sorry, before you get further from what I think was a good point there was, you know, you talk about Maguire's language towards the the assistant referee there. I I saw a little clip um, from, I I don't know, it it looked like it was just someone in the stand actually, and it's after the Willian handball, and instantly there are four or five Man United players and they circle the referee. Like Mm, they are up in his face, they're around him, they're bodying him. You know, yep. they're, they're literally chest bumping the referee to try and get him to give a red card and a sending off yep. and a penalty. Yep. Um, the fact is, if there was consistency there from Kavanagh, he's sending off four players for Man United at that point. Mm-hmm. But there's not. And it, it comes down to his management of the game. I don't think he's a terrible... I, I don't think he's a terrible referee. I, I actually didn't mind the fact that he let a little bit go occasionally, but he seems to not be able to handle the pressure moments. And when there's pressure on him, he reaches for his pocket and he, he wields power. And Sammy, beforehand, we sort of 
we were sort of discussing a little bit to get each other's opinions on everything. And you, you said he, he's like a substitute teacher who's got too much power, or yeah. you know, <laughs> student teacher. Uh, he feels like um, he feels like a, you know an adult refereeing an under nines game, and you know just being able to wield cards all the time and going, you know, I'm in charge here. Um, and and it, it's just disappointing. And, and Fulham have to take some accountability there and say we did the wrong thing. The Willian one, it's just part of the game. That happens. You, you pass on that. You say it's a one-game ban. You just go, yep, move on. The Silver one, I think, is unfair on Silver. The Mitro one, he has to take some accountability for that because that, that is a dumb decision. You should know better than to pull on the referee's arm. But I, I I can understand why it happened because it boiled over. And I think that is that's not just from this game. That's from um all the times we've had Kavanaugh as a referee. It's from all the other fouls on Mitro through that game. It's possibly on all the other fouls on Mitro through the year because he is at a pretty rough ride this year. He's been injured a lot. He is on the back of a really poor streak of not being able to score goals. Referees just don't give him anything in the Premier League, um, at, quite harshly, I think. And and he boiled over and made a really dumb mistake. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it's a dumb mistake. Um, again, I don't think he's a bad player. He's passionate. And I think if he wasn't like that, he wouldn't be the player that he is. He, he yep, fights 100%. hard. And I think if you if you got rid of that from his personality, he wouldn't be the centre forward that he is, and and the centre yeah, forward that I really like. I like that aggression, and I like that Fulham have a bit of aggression this year. Unfortunately, it just boiled over. Um, um it's point, it's just a shame is, because it's a missed opportunity. Of course, but but isn't it intensely frustrating that there is no court of appeal, even if you've got an idiot. You know, running the running the the prison or asylum or court, whichever metaphor you want to use, you know, and and that's what happens when you look. You you if you if you push people far enough, they will do stupid things. And mm-hmm. someone as passionate as Mitro and Silver, not far off, um, when they feel a massive injustice is being dished out. Which is which is really where this is coming from. There's a sense of injustice that we're not being treated fairly. Of of course, you cannot touch the ref. I, I'm I'm up for you swear at the ref. Any dissent gets sent off, just like rugby. You yeah, know, I don't. Yeah, I, like it, yeah. Sorry, Dad. You know, you go. Yeah. No, you know, let, let's let's do it properly. Let's clean it up, right? Mm. But in the absence of that, we're not going to solve that problem here. Um, yeah, that's just stupid. And you've got to understand when things are going against you, Metro, that you've got to channel it in other ways because you've actually blown a fuse and blown the opportunity. I feel very, very sorry for the other 10 players. You know, Jack, I really do. Jack, um, yeah. look, I, I genuinely actually want you to specifically answer um, Steve's question that he put in the comment because I feel that you're probably you would probably know the most about this because me and dad can have an emotional opinion, but I do think that Mitrovic is probably going to, oh, sorry. Um, But I do think that Mitrovic is probably going to like be pretty extensively punished for it and be made an example of. So what do you reckon is going to happen? 
It's it's hard to say. It really just depends on who. The, the biggest problem I find at the moment is the media are up in arms about it. It's the only thing that's on BBC Sport. It's the only thing that's on Talk Sport. It's the main talking point. In, good for our ratings. In English football at the moment. Well, not great. I mean, unless you go with any press's good press. Yeah. It's not the best thing in the world. Um, look, there's there's some precedence there. Um, you know, Decanio pushed a referee. He'd, he'd already been banned for three games for the violent conduct, then pushed the referee and ended up having a total of 11 games. So he got an eight-game ban. As I mentioned before, Ronaldo pushed a referee. Um, he got a four-game, additional four-game... Oh, no, he got a four-game ban in total. So it was for a second yellow card, which is a one-game ban. So he got an extra three games. Um I think we're probably looking at Mitro getting um, a one game for the red card and then probably three or four games for the um, contact with the referee. It's very generous uh, of you. I, uh, if they give him more than that, it's it's a joke because the amount of contact that happens with referees week in, week out, and admittedly it's not pulling with an arm, but players getting in referees' faces, running up to them and, you know, chesting, chest, you know, getting their chest up in a referee's face or running into them and bumping into them with your chest, even though it's bumping into his shoulder or something. Like, it's it's just, I, I don't think you can give him, like, a 10-game ban. Like, I saw Chris Sutton saying a 10-game ban. That's just ridiculous. You don't ban someone for 10 games for pulling on a referee's arm. He hasn't shoved a referee. He's pulled him back. Like, it's it's not Let's a violent honest, motion. It's trying to get the referee's attention there. I agree with honest, you, but I Jack. still reckon nine games. <laughs> the, mm. In my view, the FA have no credibility. How They have no credibility at all because, as uh, Steve just put up, and I'll throw his, uh, throw his comment here, you know, Tony admits the charges and he's picked for England. Mm. You know, so if you want to talk about discipline, you want to talk about ethics, and I'm not excusing Mitrovic, but this is crazy. This is a madhouse. I, I, I can see why they're floating a 10-game ban because they're, they're trying to basically line it up with the end of the season and say Mitro should be rubbed out for the rest of the season. I don't think that will happen. Um, I, I can see him getting what you could consider a lengthy ban and getting maybe five games in total, five or six games in total. I think that makes enough of a, um, it makes, it, it's enough of a ban to say you shouldn't be doing this. Um, you know, someone else on Twitter saw, I saw Luis Suarez got four games for racist abuse. Um, like, you know, I admit it, they're probably on a similar level at the end of the day, abusing a physically abusing a referee and, and racist abuse, I'd say a, a fairly on par at that point. No, when, no, I don't even, I, I don't even agree with you. It's uh, that's a, that's a hard, that's a hard, that's a whole that's podcast. Hard, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to, because there's no, um, no benchmark for this. I'm trying to pull from, you know, other sources and trying to guess what a, a likely ban will be. But what I'm saying is how can you give, and the language Suarez used for towards Evra was pretty terrible, and he got mm. a four-game ban for it. Mitro's pulled on a referee's arm because the referee 
has walked away from it, well, chirped him basically, and then walked away from him. Um, you know, it's it's hard to say. I, we'll find out fairly soon. I don't think it'll take too long for them to hand down a ban. I, I reckon we'll lose him for. We've got, I think, eleven games left. I'd say we'll lose him for half of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a real shame that we will lose him for the for half of them because I think we've got a really good run of fixtures ahead, and now that's kind of it's given us an issue. Uh, we, Vinicius hasn't been good enough. Maybe against lower-ranked teams, he will be good enough. But uh, I, I, it would be, considering how well we played, that's why it's so disappointing. Because mm. we and, played and, so, you know, so well. So well man. And we you, looked you, like a really to, a top-four team. Um, and now we, we've thrown it away. You have to separate Mitro's aggression, which we all love. I'd, I'd love to lose his whinging because yeah. I think... Uh, because I think that gets referees offside uh, because he's constantly complaining, which is basically saying you don't know what you're doing. And even if they aren't, if they, even if they don't know what they're doing, they don't want to hear it. So I'd love him to lose that. Don't mind how aggressive he wants to be, you know, fair, fairly, but find another way to, to don't ever do that. Don't ever, ever do that. You're actually ruining your team's chances. Well, I I think we have to take it as a lesson learned across the board here because this is the second time Silva's been sent off this season, I think. Um, Mitro has never got a red card for the club, but this is a a learning opportunity for him. Uh, Willian, again, I'm putting Willian in a completely different basket here. He's done nothing wrong for me except for try. So, you know, it's a different conversation completely, but... It's 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 just a, such a shame because we've had such a good season, and this feels like it's going to be what we take away from this season now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we shouldn't be taking this away from the season because you know at the end of the day we're probably going to still finish in the top half of the Premier League and and look back on this as one of our best ever seasons in the Premier League. But um, and, and it feels and like this is going to be remembered one of our for best longer. Ever- one of our best performances of the season off on the back of pretty average form. Yeah, what a terrible time for it to all happen. <clears throat> yeah, and so that that's where the disappointment comes into it, I think, is that we we looked like such a good team playing out there. We we were dominating the game and all of a sudden it just the the, the season feels like it's turned on its head and it will be really disappointing if we can't keep up the um that good style of play because we're missing such key players now. You know, next game, fortunately, Willian's suspension isn't going to hurt us too much because I think we'll see Solomon just come straight in for him and play on the left and and BDR on the right. Um, And again, we only lose him for one game, so it's not the end of the world. But Mitro being out for half half the rest of the season or or potentially longer is going to really hurt us because... You know, he's where our goals have come from for the majority of the season, and losing that is is a big blow to us, especially against teams fighting against relegation. Go on, Sam. Uh, one thing I just will say is it'll be great for the biopic if, like, we do make Champions League. <laughs> well, I I think um, we're, we're probably not making Champions League now, but I'll, I'll throw to a comment from Steve following along live, um, who, and I'll pose it to you guys before we look at some tweets. Um, how important is it that this has happened now that we are effectively safe from relegation? Do you think this would be 
a much bigger issue if we were potentially in that relegation scrap, which a lot of teams now are. Oh, we'd be done. We would we would be done. <laughs> like like I, I like even if we wouldn't be and we magically go through it, if if we were in a relegation fight right now, I'd be saying we'd be done. But the fact is, like, we do have a squad full of players who can score. Obviously, we're better with Mitrovic, but like, we beat Chelsea without him. So, and and that's not a slight on Mitrovic, but that's more of just kind of like credit to the rest of the boys. We're not a one man team. We haven't been a one man team for a while. Yes, we're better when we play with him, but I, it's it's more of kind of just like a bit of an emotional blow, isn't it? Because it's just it's it this just shouldn't have happened, and I think this is going to be a lot for like the guys to actually overcome. But I I, I believe that they will. And I was thinking about that. You know, I'm, I'm talking about having a yoga lesson. I wasn't even on the pitch. I wasn't even <laughs> in the Greater Manchester area, and I had a total brain scramble today. Can you imagine being on that bus? Their heads would be in such a whirl. And actually clearing that out of your head and preparing for a couple of weeks. I know they've got an international break, and thank thank goodness. But that's a lot to overcome and turn around because, like you say, if we were in a relegation scrap here, wow, that would take some team management <laughs> um, all from a point of not the highest sort of moral ground. <laughs> having received a red card himself, whether or not it was justified. But it's still, it's kind of difficult. Yeah, very difficult to turn around. Oof. Um, I think we'll a, be okay. I don't a think very we'll be okay. quick um, question and a quick answer as well off the back of it, if we can. Oh, yeah. Um, there's There's been a lot of up and down on Twitter about, you know, Mitro should never play for the club again. Silver, his discipline is terrible and... Um, he should move on at the end of the season. Is there any weight to that? Do you think, or do you think maybe it's it's just an emotional reaction? Part, I think you know. Yeah, you go. I love how passionate Marco Silva is. He cares. He he is protective of his players, and he actually feels a deep sense of injustice for all the reasons, for all the context that we've given. And I, 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 don't, mind, I don't want him to be sent off every few games or even, frankly, get as many yellow cards. I heard a comment on Twitter saying, why doesn't he actually use some of his staff to express his opinions and they can go and get yellow cards and he can stay in the game and keep controlling it? Because it was noticeable, no subs for a few minutes. We were a bit rudderless as we were trying to work out what, what to do next there. But, again, I don't mind that he's passionate. I think he was unfairly dealt dealt with. Anyone who is calling for Marco Silva to be sacked is emotional and, frankly, um, a bit of a fair-weather Fulham fan. Yeah, look, honestly, we're in the trenches. We're here every single week. If we thought that Marco Silva should be sacked, we'd be talking about that months ago. He is... Like, he is, like, if you think of, like, Thomas Tuchel, if you think of, like, Klopp, if you think of, like, Antonio Conte, they are psychopaths. Like, they are on the side just screaming and going crazy the entire game. That is what he does. That And that is actually how you create the team that he has. He is that guy. And mm-hmm. um, uh, 
yeah, I, I, I will never want him to not be that because that's that's what made us what we are right now. Mitrovic, I like, I do, I do, I don't want, I don't want Mitrovic to be sacked. I think that's stupid. But just like, just chill, man. Like, just focus. Like, just remember what's no, no, important. I, I want, I want Mitro to go away and be less Mike Tyson and more Muhammad Ali. Yeah, like if no. you compare him to like I know you I know you shouldn't, but if you compare him to like a Harland who is so aggressive and then can also just like switch and be just like weirdly chill. I know that's an extreme example. It's a bit of like a it's a bit of a slippery slope one. But it, there can be a balance in between that. And you know what? It's harder to create aggression than it is to create calm. But I'm not saying he can't actually find some calm. He needs to find some calm. Uh yeah. Neither of them should leave the club off the back of something like that. It's um, these two guys, Silva and Mitro, have basically been the main reason as to why we're back in the Premier League and why we're in the top half of the Premier League. Yeah, can agree. Um, they both got wrapped up in a moment. They made stupid decisions, but at the end of the day, they made a mistake. You know, even the best players in the world have been sent off because they make stupid mistakes. Um, We can harass them and say it was wrong and say they're idiots. And and look, I think they're both reflective enough to take a step back and go, yeah, that was really dumb. I can't believe I did that. Um, And and they realise, you know, that they've, they've cost the team a place at Wembley and cost the team even more than that as well. Um, It's, it's, it's disappointing, but I think the fan base blew up a little bit because of of the nature of how it all unfolded. And I think as the days pass and and people sort of start to move on, I think I think it'll calm down and people will back away from that. I, I've seen a couple of tweets, people saying, you know, if Mitro gets a ten game ban or an eleven game ban, is that the last time we see him in a Fulham shirt? And I really hope I really hope not because. You know, there's been rumours about Mitro leaving for a long time. I know Chelsea are interested because they can't find a, a a front man, and there'll be a lot of teams who are looking at someone like Mitro who can score goals and is proven. Um, and I think we we just need to back a bloke like that. He made a mistake, but get around him and don't you know, don't push him into the mud when he's already made a mistake. He he'll know he's made a mistake and he'll feel really bad about it. Like you said, they're going to be sitting on a team bus going back to London, maybe a team flight. But they're going to be travelling back together as a group and it's going to be really awkward because you've got your manager who's meant to be leading from the front, um, having been sent off and set a terrible example. Mitro has done you know, one of the worst things you can do on a football field and effectively assault, a, uh, uh, assault an official. Willian's handballed. We've thrown away a chance at Wembley. Like, it's... It's all over the place. They know they've done wrong. We just have to now bounce back from this and not let it affect the rest of our season. Because for for 70 minutes, we looked the goods. We looked a seriously good team. And that's the disappointing thing for me is that we've thrown away what could have been the performance of, of a season and a defining moment. Uh, and unfortunately, we've spent 15 minutes talking about a really good performance and 45 minutes talking about three red cards. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it's just it's a it's a shame. Um, yeah. So look, let's let's 
push on though and and look at some tweets before i do that though we, we've had a few other people join the live stream uh evening to emma reynolds um thanks for joining along um rian on on youtube uh on the bright side mitro should be well rested uh, it's a bit of a bright side it's it's not um not one we'd like um steve saying um just spoke to mitro and he's joining elton's yoga class Good. Don't even know if that would go and do him that good. I'm pretty sure Mitro and well, AK47 got in a fight during the yoga class uh, at Mottsburg Park. <laughs> well, uh, so, not sure it works. While I, was at the yoga, while I was at the yoga class, I checked next door in the meditation class, and there's a couple of spots available. So, uh, yeah. Again, pretty sure that wouldn't do anything. Um, and another one from Steve here Where do you lot stand on the ashes, Australia or England? It does feel like we need to talk about something completely different. It's going to be a whitewash for Australia, though. Um, let's move forward quickly and look at some of the top tweets. Um, Dad, uh, I'll let you read through these. Uh, this one's from Richard Osman, the very, very well-known, famous um, Fulham supporter. Yeah, thank you, Richard. Well, that was too good to last. Ridiculous, blatant handball leads to three sendings off. Uh, what a waste of a great performance. Yeah. I'm not going to comment on that. I think we've talked about it. Yep. Speak, I mean, uh, it'll be the same for a lot of these tweets because they all go around the same, okay, the same well, topic. I, well, I might I might comment on, a, on one of them. If, this this one's a bit like better, it. though, from at, at FFC underscore IBZ on Twitter, Ibs. IBS. I, 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 prefer, I prefer the IBS, but anyway. Yeah. Um, can I just say Issa Diop and Tim Ream were absolutely phenomenal here, here work tirelessly to thwart any danger while complimenting each other. And I'd add Kenny Tete to that as well. Yeah, well he was incredible. And so, I have to say, yeah. Willian was incredible. His first yeah. half was amazing, I thought. Yeah, no. uh, world beater, quote-unquote, Rashford, Sancho, or that awkward, lanky fellow, barely a sniff in our box before the drama. Yep, totally. 100% agree. We We dealt with what is meant to be a very good Man United side. And, you know, they're sitting third in the league, so they are a very good Man United side. But um, none of those players who are, are considered in incredibly dangerous um, actually seem to cause us many issues for the game, which is mm. kind of nice. Um, yeah. On to the next one. This is from uh, Sam Quigley. Uh, well, I, I think it's actually from at Fulham Bone 2 on Twitter, this is a, a screenshot from um, the yeah. Luke Shaw incident in the second minute. Yeah, uh, clear, and, and he's referring to the ref here. Clear line of sight, six yards away, just bizarre. And the ref is looking at Luke Shaw with two hands in the middle of Mitro's back while Mitro's in the air um, and, and forcing Mitro completely out of the line of the ball. Mitro lands on the floor on all fours. And the ref does nothing. It's just ridiculous. Yes, bollocks. And I saw a few people saying Mitra dived, but you know, we, well, Dad, you and I have both played a bit of AFL in our time, and you know, pushing the back is uh, is a, a foul in AFL for the reason that you know you try and jump and catch the ball with your hands. Uh, if you get a push in the back while you're in the air, you get completely thrown off balance. It doesn't take much either. It takes very minimal contact to throw you out. And looking at the replay here, Luke Shaw gives him an almighty shove. Um, it's one of the most, uh, it's one of the most, quote, effective 
unquote things you can do is push someone when they're airborne and you can't simulate what happens when someone pushes you 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 go hurtling right mm. and yeah. there's there's no way that's simulation and I, you know, I sound like a absolutely one-eyed fulham fan here but I, that's just ridiculous no look it didn't look like simulation and i think the bigger issue here is yes it doesn't get given as a penalty on initial uh, initial viewing the, the big issue, though, is that it doesn't get then picked up by VAR for some reason. Yeah. Um, we yeah. didn't even get a replay of it during the game, which was mm -hmm. surprising. Like, this this screenshot is taken from someone who's edited the original footage. Um, they didn't show this replay at all, and he's had to zoom in, which is why the, the quality is so poor. They've had to zoom in on this incident actually happening. Oh. It got completely left alone, and I do not understand it. And I... That's why I understand some of the frustration is, you know, it's obvious that Silver's charged over to the referee going, why the F haven't you checked that first one, but you're happy to check a penalty for Man United? And and yeah. so I understand where all the frustration comes from. And this, this screenshot just shows it so clearly that he's got two hands in his back. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't take much for... a doesn't take much of a push to throw someone completely off balance and and change their trajectory and luke shaw's done that and the referee is blatantly looking straight at it it just nuts um yeah. oh god getting frustrated moving on next slide <laughs> next slide next slide um this <laughs> one's from dale at delorean ffc on twitter mitro is a born winner loses it emotionally at times when rightly or wrongly, he feels there's been an injustice. But give me that attitude over a wet lettuce any day. Here, here. He'll be as gutted as we are. Apology, ban, and move on. Without him, we'd still be in the championship. And yeah, we agree with that. Yeah. That's absolutely what we've all said here tonight. Yeah, and I think it's it's not the last tweet, but it it, it almost feels like the kind of tweet that you do want to round it out with and just sort of say, you know, Mistakes were made. It, it feels really, really shit at the moment. Like we're we're all gutted. Um, it, it felt like an opportunity lost. But at the end of the day, you know, this is the guy who we were praising last season for scoring forty three goals uh, in a championship season. This first half of the year, he scored eleven goals, second highest score in the Premier League for a long time. Like, you know, he's made a mistake, but let you know he. He will apologise, I'm sure. Um, he'll get his ban, but we just have to move on and push forward. And I hope it doesn't have a bigger effect on the the wider squad and his future at the club as well, because I think that would be a real shame if if that was the end of Mitro at Fulham. Um, it wouldn't he, feel right. Look, Mitro, he's passionate, he's aggressive, and he... He is very, very vulnerable to boiling over and doing something silly, but he's not a dick. He will apologise. He's not a dick. Yeah, you'd assume so anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, I think we move on. Um, and like, like Dale said, without him, we'd be in the championship. And then the last tweet, and maybe this is a, a pretty good one to end on. Um, well, uh, Sammy might not agree, but this is from um, <laughs> at Taylor Mod, the Magic Mod on Twitter. Still a king in my eyes. Uh, yeah, look, uh, he's he's a flawed 
he's a flawed genius um and An anti-hero no. no 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 he he'll learn from it you know he needs to um he, he does he does need to grow somewhat and because he'll be so much more effective if he can control that side of it I agree. Um, and look, Sammy, I don't know if you still if, if Mitro is still a king in your eyes. I mean, I'll I'll never I'll never be able to take away everything that what he's done. Um, I just I just I and this is a flaw of myself. I just want him to be better sometimes because I have a high opinion of him. And and fundamentally, I, I it's a bit of it's a bit of a almost a cop out answer. But like there are there are kids who look up to this guy. There are like I mean there was like kids in the crowd who were crying. Um, like they, this guy is important. He represents us more than any other player at the moment. And what he does will always have an impact on how people see us. So really, that's 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 my biggest issue with it all. Because Mitrovic is Fulham, like whether we kind of like it or not, and we can protest and say this player is more important, but he he is our main guy. So I just want people to see him in the way that we see him. Yeah, not yeah. Un- not unfair, Sam. And no, and you certainly wouldn't say, want. That's... Yeah, you, you you the the worst thing in the world is a Fulham loving kid playing on the weekend, thinking it's okay to do that. Yeah, you know, to a ref, that would be a terrible outcome. So let's tidy it up. Yeah, uh, and I think it's it's actually a fair comment to end on there, Sammy. And um, I also think it's kind of indicative of how the whole fan base is feeling at the moment. I think it is a little bit of a divided fan base, and I think we'll come together as as the days pass. But, you know, there's there's some people who are just too disappointed to move on at this moment in time, at least, um, and others who, sort of like myself, I, I, I understand why it happened, and I, I think he's made a dumb mistake, but I don't think it's... Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. It's it's so. This has been a a tough podcast, to be honest. There's so much to discuss and so many flashpoints, and I, I don't think there's a right answer to any of this. I think the only right answer is you don't do anything in terms of abusing a referee, um, especially physically. I, I think um, football needs to clean up a lot, and there's a lot of issues floating around. Uh, around officiating in terms of VAR, in terms of on-field, in terms of consistency. And we've we've complained about it through the whole season, um, whilst not wanting to complain about referees too much, but the consistency from referees is, is atrocious and the consistency in decisions is terrible. And um, we've, we've been stung to a degree by it um, in this game. I, I still think we need to take accountability for what's happened, but... Um, the, the way it was handled by Chris Kavanagh is was, was appalling, in my opinion. Um, it doesn't excuse the behaviour. I don't think even if the referee is the worst person in the world, you don't grab him. Um, and th- that's kind of the end of it, really. It, it's a real shame that this game that we were all so excited for has ended this way because um, it... it for for 70 minutes, it looked the complete opposite. It looked like it was going to be an absolute dream for us. And it, unfortunately, it turned into a bit of a nightmare. Um, but look, you know, as some of the tweets have said, I think we just need to 
look forward. We need to move on from this. We need to learn from this. We, we're almost certainly a Premier League club next season, and so I think um, if we were in a relegation scrap, this would be a, a bit of a hammer blow and, and probably a killer for us, and I think we'd really struggle. Uh, the fact is we're not in that position, and so I think we um, we can learn from this and use it as an experience to push forward and, and improve on and off the field. Um, I think a lot a lot needs to be done to address what's happened here because we can't have this happen kind of ever again. Um, it, it's too important losing your manager and two key players in a game. It, it can't happen on a regular basis. And so if Fulham don't learn from this, there, there are big issues there. Um, guys, I, I think we kind of need to wrap it up there. We've been talking for a very long time, but, but there was a lot to cover. Um, I just want to reach out and say a big thank you to everyone who's joined in on the live stream tonight. Um, we, we're currently two followers away from passing 500 on Twitter. So if you haven't already followed us on Twitter, please do. Um, it, it's kind of mind-blowing considering I think about six weeks ago we had about 30 followers on Twitter, um, maybe maybe 50. Uh, the fact we're, we're about to pass 500 is just, just mind-blowing. And thank you to everyone for all your support recently. Um, we're obviously still posting on all social media. Sammy's killing it on the TikToks, a, a very funny one recently, which I shared on Twitter. Um, we're live streaming all of these podcasts on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. So you'll be able to watch them as well as listen to them back wherever you get your podcasts, but please do make sure you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Um, thank you guys for joining me tonight. I know it's late, Sammy, for you. It's approaching 1am, so I really appreciate you joining us. Nah, that's all right. I was always going to be here for this. Um, shout out Sears if you're listening, because I, I believe that you would. And I want it to, I want it to be known on the record that um, we, we gave this game to Man United, and I don't want... Man United or anybody else to ever forget that that was a thing that Fulham did. That's a nice sly little dig at your Man United supporting friends there at the very end of that. Well done, Sammy. Missy, buddy. Good, good luck. Good luck to your Man United supporting friends who sit through an hour and twenty minutes of us talking about Fulham just to get the sly dig at the very end. That would be. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to tell them like you have to listen to the whole thing for it. No, thank thanks again, Sammy. And like you said, it's it wasn't one that you want to miss because there is so much to to unpack here so thank you for joining us and um dad thank you as well not quite as late for you but still a late night hope we haven't undone all the good work of yoga uh no um i think i think i've got some work to do still but no I've, i i think i feel better i think i feel better um and so talking it through has probably uh, benefited me more than um my my hour of yoga but anyway there you go I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's good. I need to um, go and do a few downward dog motions to try and vex my system and get, get me feeling good before going to bed tonight. Um, but, yeah, once again, thank you to everyone for all your support recently. We really appreciate it. Um, going into the international break, we're looking for a few little ideas here on, uh, on um, what kind of content we can put out. So if you do have any ideas, please get in contact. Let us know what you'd like to listen to when we don't have games to talk about. Uh, but we'll definitely try and put out a couple of episodes in that time. Um, so look, until next time, come on you whites.